The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk-in, call-in, click-in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585.
Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. This, this is two weeks in a row where everybody is together. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN for 20% off your entire order. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chris. Hello, Alf. Hello, Alf. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we, not really as we speak, but maybe as you are listening, because it is a Wednesday, it's January 19th. They are interviewing Mike McDaniel. Uh, supposedly, they were going to talk to him at 4.30 p.m., so you probably listen to this podcast as they're speaking to Mike McDaniel. It's on video conference. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that bodes well or ill, but I guess we'll start there, and I'll start with you, Simon. Uh, do you think it makes a difference? They're talking to Mike McDaniel due to... Scheduling a scheduling conflict, and it's understandable. San Francisco yeah, traveling across the country back and forth, but they flew to go see Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier. Yeah, difference between going up to Buffalo and going all the way across to San Francisco, especially when uh, you know, especially now. What is it? Thursday? Wednesday today? Wednesday? I mean, he's got a game in in less than seventy two hours' time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm um, yeah, I'm not shocked that it's on. I mean, part of me is actually shocked that they're even doing it this week, given that the 49ers are on a short week. Um, and I hope that's not to the detriment of Mike, Mike McDaniel's um, interview, you know, because I'm also really keen to see what he rocks up wearing, you know, with some sort of Hawaiian shirt or, a, you know, sort of Peaky Blinders hat or, you know, he kind of seems like the type who just rock I, up. I like the it. knit cap in 90 degree weather. I think that, yeah, that, that, would, he's that, that type of guy. Chewing on a straw, perhaps. Maybe a maybe a hoodie. I don't know. Like, but, yeah. I mean, almost certainly a hoodie. Almost <laughs> like, like a hoodie, a hoodie with like a crypto company on it. Yeah, or something to do with hate ashbury, some sort of yeah. Or a hoodie made out of hemp, you know, something yeah, or, like that. Yeah, oh, or, or a marijuana, a legal marijuana company on the, the hoodie. <laughs> but yeah, something like that. I'd like to. That that's kind of how I feel like he'd. What do they wear in these things? Do they, you know? Maybe he's got like a suit, jacket, and a shirt and a tie on, but he's like got shorts underneath so they can't see the below. If <laughs> or in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, in his pants. Or he's, maybe he's just naked. He just likes that's basically to... That's basically every Zoom meeting that I do. <laughs> well, pretty much. Welcome to my world. <laughs> you got to be careful when you, when you get up, though, you know? Yeah. You need to turn the light on. It's got dark, and then you realize you've still got no pants on. And when I say pants in this country, I don't just mean trousers, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I guess we'll pass it on to Chris. Uh, uh, Any handicapping you're doing here, uh, they're getting on planes to go visit these two guys. Yet our boy, and I think we can safely say our boy, or is it, uh, Chris? Is he your boy too or no? I mean, the thing about the thing about coaching, um, uh, you know, hires is, is we all, we all have to recognize that there is about, you know, this isn't, this isn't like players. (laughs) <laughs> you know, on players, you could always you can always go and go back to the film and just be like, you know, okay, well, I I can know a hell of a lot about this guy just by looking at this looking at this tape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and ultimately, do I do I think 
based on what I view of the player. Do I think he should be here or not? Like, how much do we really know about these guys? You know, yes. the, these these coach next to nothing, next to nothing. These are and, stabs in the dark. I mean, and and it's just like it's it's illustrated when you when you see like you know uh, little articles that that get passed you know, little blurbs that we get passed around on Twitter and stuff like that, and and like there's a quote from a guy, and it's usually it's usually a quote where the guy is like, um, you know, oh well, you know that we we're not just going to run them what we what we run no matter what we have to we have to fit it to to who we have and and what our strengths are and if you know somebody gets injured or we gotta we gotta change things up we're not just gonna you know or we get different players we gotta we gotta fit it up and and everybody just fucking masturbates to it all over twitter and it's like <laughs> this is this is standard um yeah, this so is somebody's not, this putting is not, that that video is not of, telling me anything whatsoever. Yeah, that know? video of Mike McDaniel talking about wide receivers blocking. Bill Lazor gave yeah. me that speech and wowed me with that speech. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, you ago. know, yeah, every every I'm sure every coach, every offensive coordinator absolutely wants wide receivers to um to to block uh quite a bit. You know, find me the coach. You, you want to find me something interesting, find me the coach that's like that that'll tell you, well, this isn't a big emphasis for us, and here's why. <laughs> you know yes. like find me that guy and then i'll be like oh wow shit um so but yeah I, I think that uh we know next to nothing about these guys so how strongly can i really feel that you know mike mcdaniel is our guy or mike mcdaniel is not our guy or that brian dable is our guy or brian dable's not our guy or you know it's 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 really um it's really very grain of salt i i, I do like mike mcdaniel's uh offense as a fit for Tua tonga valoa Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that he would run something very similar to Kyle Shanahan. Um, I do like that he would bring a cohesive strategy and very different strategy to the offensive line uh, acquisition process than personnel, because I think that um, that Miami's uh, personnel has been just garbage um, with respect to offensive linemen, and they, they value the wrong things, and uh, they can't make any decisions one way or the other um, that come out right. Uh, so, so those two things are cool. Um, but you know what, I, there's, there's a lot of things to like about Dan Quinn and Brian Dable too. So who knows? Yeah. Now, Simon, they played some games this past weekend and pretty much all of these coaches were involved. Uh, anything turn you on or off from any of these coaches from their, their team's performances this past weekend? Because I would argue that the Cowboy guys had a rough day of it against San Francisco. And Dable and McDaniel were superstars on that day, on their days. Yeah, I'd say they had a rough day at the office, but you know, I I just don't think you can you can judge people in one game. Yes, uh, I don't think it was Kellen Moore's greatest uh, performance as a coach, but then ultimately that came down to one or two plays. Really, it came down to the to the to the run and we don't know to the to the quarterback draw and we don't really know what was said in the huddle we don't really know what was said in his earpiece we don't know whether Moore and McDaniel we, we know that they signed off on it because that's now out there but you know Kellen Moore could easily have said only run five yards fall to the floor hand the ball to the referee we don't know that that's not what was said ultimately what happened is that that, that Dak ran 12-15 yards handed the ball to Tyler Biadach and the, the clock ran out now that ultimately makes McCarthy and Kellen Moore look stupid, but it might not have been their 
their fault. So I think it's very difficult to try and sort of pigeonhole one performance into an overall sort of oeuvre that 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 coaches have. Um, the coaches that did well were the coaches that won. You know, Brian Dable's scheme looked great. Leslie Fraser's defence looked fantastic. Mike uh, Mike McDaniel's offence looked great. And it was interesting to see Jimmy Garoppolo's comments about McDaniel after the game in terms of just how much of an archivist he, or how much of a, an architect he is um, of that system and the scheme and the changes to the scheme that have been so successful in the second half of the season. So, you know, that, I mean, I don't think Vance Joseph's defense looked great. Thomas Brown's run game looked excellent. You know, Cam Akers was cutting, cutting through that defense to the second level. So was, um, so was Sony Michelle, who ripped off a big run to start the game. And and really, they were their run average came down from about five yards per carry. So I think it finished at three point eight. But essentially, Matt Stafford had three sort of stumbles forwards, and they probably ran the ball seven or eight times into a nine man line in the in the final seven or eight minutes or probably less than that just because the game was over it was 33 11 at that point or 33 8 actually at that point well they kicked the field goal at the end so i don't think you can really judge thomas brown's run game in anything other than it did what it exactly what it needed to do um the blocking in the run game is you know what's very interesting and what i think will be interesting and and to see if he gets the job and what he brings in is you only have to look at the job especially down blocking that the Rams receivers do. They come in motion a lot and then block down. I mean, Cooper Cup blocks like a tight end and he's about four foot two and about 130 pounds dripping wet. Um, But, you know, so that will be very interesting. But yeah, not a great day for for Dallas. But, you know, I I think that if you were to take it as a whole, you'd be hard pressed to find a coach, an assistant coach that's on the list of, of our interviewees who's done a better job this season and someone like Dan Quinn, you know, he's completely re-dedicated um, his own scheme to fit the pieces of the puzzle that were in Dallas. He's moved things around completely. He's made an absolute superstar of Micah Parsons. And yes, Micah Parsons would probably have made a superstar of himself. But there's not many coaches that would take a Micah Parsons and do with him what Dan Quinn did, which was essentially to let him do a lot of what he wanted to do. He blitzed from the air. You know, he's, he's already one of the best pure pass rushing edges in the league he rushed through the middle like the way jason taylor used to do with those old uh amoeba fronts that we used to run he plays middle off ball linebacker and he's back 30 40 yards down the field tipping balls away so that against against washington so you know uh, difficult to say that somebody should be uh pushed forwards in the public eye or pushed down in the public eye because of one game i think you just have to look at the overall the overall package and and really make your decision from there. But ultimately we don't have an influence anyway, but I I would hope that the Dolphins aren't sitting there thinking, Oh dear, you know, one call changed the game for Keller Moore. We're not going to hire him. Not that I'd want to hire Keller Moore, but you, you take my point. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And uh, speaking to Keller Moore, they practice that they, at least they say they practice that every single Friday. And quite frankly, the guy who screwed that up was Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah. He's, if he hands the ball to the referee, the referee would stop the clock with one second left. He just would. The problem was that he spotted it on his own, and you're not supposed to spot it on your own. The, the referee has to tap it. Even Dak Prescott said, oh, he has to tap it. But if you hand it to the referee, he spots it and leaves you with a second as long as you're lined up. And then they would have been able to run a play from the 25-yard line, and that's that's better than throwing a Hail Mary from the 50. Yeah. So you Feels know, like we're going to find out next week as well, doesn't it? Because... You know, senior bowl practices start a week next Monday, a week next Tuesday. So they're going to want to have 
coaches in or, or a head coach in position to go down and you know at least be on hand you don't just want to necessarily mm. I, I know Sean McVay did it but you don't necessarily want just to send your scouts and no coaching staff no front office personnel so obviously Chris Greer will be down there but you know if you're in if you're introducing a new scheme let's say it's Mike McDaniel's new scheme or or, or whatever you know you want Mike McDaniel down there looking at the players as well firsthand you want him seeing those backs you want him seeing you know the tight ends and the, the linemen and all that sort of thing they, they need to be there yeah now Chris uh, same question but one thing that and you mentioned this before some guys tend to to play the game a little bit more personally you were talking about Tom Brady a while back uh, Mike McDaniel seem to have called the game or if, you know, if he's not calling the game technically, but designing the game plan, uh, he seemed to have designed a game plan personally against Micah Parsons because they did a number on him. Uh, same question, Chris, did you take anything from these games plus minuses from any of these coaches? I mean, I can't really say it. I can't really say it better than Simon did as far as like, it, I, you cannot get, you cannot get caught and be, um, prisoner of the moment uh based on one game and i realize that a lot of people are just gonna are gonna do that anyway and it's just gonna be like you know ah well you know the, there goes that guy there goes that guy well, but you know kellen moore is uh is being interviewed by i believe four teams for head coach mm-hmm. um and the only guy that's being interviewed by more teams than than him is uh dan quinn um and you know both of them both of them just lost uh, and um and you know it's just there's a reason there's a reason that these guys are being interviewed i no, i personally know i i i don't i mean i wouldn't even i mean you 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 want to watch them anyway you want to watch the performance and and all that but um but i don't i don't think you'd almost be better off not uh the mistake that i think that um that that i would you know we we talked about a little bit offline and we argued a little bit about is, um, you know, keeping in mind that all of these guys are in the midst of playoff runs and Hmm. they, um, they have a lot of work and and you, and you want them, you want them, you're trying to select for a person that's going to not be selfish and care about the job, you know? Uh, And, and so, you don't want to end up having these interviews go down and, and then, you know, in a sort of de facto way, or even just in a explicit way, you know, start ranking them based on uh, how much it seemed like they did work on your roster or uh, did work on your team. Um, Because I think that's actually quite perverse. Uh, Like if you, if you, if you're rewarding the guy who, uh, for his own, you know, selfish agenda, took clearly took time away from um, from his preparation for the playoffs uh, to to do stuff for your interview, your first interview here. Um, I don't I don't like that. That's not that's not a good thing. That's 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 inserting something uh in, in something bad into the the framework of of how you're selecting the coach and the other thing that um and the other thing is like okay well some guys are going to know more than the others automatically because you know brian dable played us twice he's played us twice every year for a couple of years mm-hmm. you know leslie Fra- frazier as well well okay are we are we are we truly just uh just going to um 
you know, give guys extra points for being in the division or are we trying to get the best coach? You know, cause I, I don't know that, I don't know that the, the best coach is just automatically in our division or that the fact that, that this coach happened to be in our division automatically, you know, means that uh, he's got a leg up on being the best coach. Um, and, and then the, the third thing that you don't want to do is, is you don't want uh, to be in that room and, you know, this guy's, this guy's singing all the right tunes as far as what he thinks about the players and, you know, it just really, it really agrees with what you think about the players and, and, you know, it, it's, it's making all kinds of sense to you and, and stuff like that. And, and there's, there's a, there's a real big danger in that mm. because um, because that's, that's essentially reaching for continuity. Um, and the problem is uh, for for continuity with Miami Dolphins as a team is uh, continuity means um, going on as the team with the longest streak in the NFL without a playoff win. You know, continuity means continuing on this uh, this idiotic uh, carousel that we are always in of new GMs, new coaches, new quarterbacks, all of the above. Um you don't want continuity. You want a guy in the room that's actually telling you, telling you shit that you don't like, that makes you very uncomfortable. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's something that, um, that I hope that the dolphins take from that because like, it, it kind of sounds like, kind of sounds like they go in there like, you know, well, they want you to know your, your raw, our roster backwards and forwards, even though they're in the midst of a playoff run, uh, with their own team and they also you know want you want to hear all the things that we want to hear about the about our our roster um, you know not necessarily just overly rosy opinions but like you know stuff that stuff that makes sense to you and I, I think there's a really huge danger in that I think you you gotta you gotta go into these interviews with an idea in mind of getting to know how this coach thinks, not how he thinks about your players, how he thinks period run uh, staff, how he would uh, run players, uh, how he attacks game plans and, um, and, you know, uh, in season game plans, how he prepare, how he believes in preparing, uh, you know, specifically the methods and, and um, the key, the key things that they look to, to do every week heading into a game. Uh, but also heading into a season, like, you know, what kinds of, uh, what kinds of projects do they have underway um, to, to try and uh, improve just their overall um, overall plan of attack on both offense and defense, take new ideas from different places. You know, where do they incorporate new ideas from? How do they come up with these new ideas? Who's, who is coming up with these new, new ideas? What sort of um, what sort of continuing education, uh, do they do like the, these are the sorts of things that you want to know about these guys. Really? The last thing that I'm going to talk about is what do you think about our left tackle? You know, like I, I, I could, I fucking circle jerk. That's, that's what that is. And it's a waste of time. So, um, so I hope that they're, I hope that when they're, they're doing these interviews that they're, they're really prioritizing the right things. I spoke to yeah. a GM the other day, uh, a former GM. Sorry, that makes me sound way more um, important than I am. <laughs> uh, a former just GM. like just like you had lunch with an owner the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my own the, uh, the I've got the Green Bay Packers owner downstairs actually in the uh, in the lounge. Um, that's another story. Um, uh, what was I saying before? Uh, oh yeah, so I spoke to a former GM and he said that uh, the interview portion that they tended to get most 
information from and most uh, insight from was actually the non-football stuff, which was, you know, you're having a dinner party, which six people would you bring to the dinner party from, you know, historical figures or current figures or what films do you like watching? What TV shows do you watch? What? Because it's the sort of thing that humanizes coaches and gets them out of the bubble of just preparation. So they're prepared to talk about the CEO type stuff. They're prepared to talk about their leadership. They're there. And when I say prepared, they're, they, they have an idea in their head about what they're going to say. They're prepared to talk about their staffs. They're prepared to, you know, they have prepared to talk about um, the things that they're going to do, systems, all those sorts of things that Chris rightfully talks about. But actually, he said that one of the most interesting and insightful things was just getting them off the reservation and talking about stuff that was just relevant to life. Some of the things that the young players today would resonate, and you know, whether they're talking about Billions or The Wire or The Sopranos or last night in Soho or what music they listened to or Kendrick Lamar concerts or, you know, whatever. It it was those sorts of things that they found were often quite interesting and instrumental in um, seeing whether or not an individual would fit. And I found that really interesting because, you know, you can take all the X's and O's and all the staffing and all the whatever, but actually uh, I do think that humanizing people and putting them in a room with 53 other athletes and a load of other coaches and strength and conditioning people and whatever there has to be some sort of common ground just away from football there has to be some sort of common ground that you can associate with and you look at some of the great relationships between athletes and players and their coaches and a lot of that is based on you know lived experience and I think lived experience is really important it shouldn't just be about you know do 50 press-ups do this do that get this carry this ball don't fumble that it should be about you know what did you watch on TV last night and what did you buy from TJ Maxx or what, you know, not that many players go to Ross dress for less, but you kind of get my point, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, Although there's it's a like, danger there. Uh, like what if you ask your candidate, you know, it, what did you think of uh, Pulp Fiction? And he tells you this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like you can't oh, hire you know, that you never hire him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's what I wouldn't do. I like, you know, I'd be afraid of asking something like that, but yeah, all of this is born from a conversation that uh, Chris and I had on, on only fans. Um, it was kind of a, a report. Uh, Dolphins kind of cared uh, about what their candidates thought about the current roster or precursory idea of what they thought about the roster. And uh, one of our members on OnlyFans posted an interview with Rick Spielman. I don't know if this is a good thing or, or a bad thing <laughs> based on what the Dolphins are thinking. But Rick Spielman said that he actually did care. Now, he's only hired Leslie Frazier and Mike Zimmer before he was fired this year. So it's interesting that that's, you know, there's many ways this going to cat. And I'm wondering what the hell they're asking. Alf, you keep mentioning OnlyFans. What is that? Oh, yeah. OnlyFans is our members only I did that. Patreon. I, I see what you did. Nice. Okay. And it's three dollars a month. Okay. Wow. How much? Three dollars a month. Okay. That can't be right. Or half a bottle of ball deodorant on Manscaped. Think about that. That's that's less than a cup of coffee from Starbucks out three dollars a month. Yes. Surely you mean three dollars an hour. No, no, three dollars a month. And what okay. do you get for that? For three dollars a month, you get all our information. Okay, all our draft info. No why? We're giving plus, that away for three dollars a month. Yes. Plus, you get to speak to like-minded Dolphin fans in your own personal chat. And we will be creating extra chat rooms as time moves on. Draft chat rooms. This sounds incredible. Who's involved in this? 
Uh, well, all three of us, three yards per carry, and about 568 members so far. So wow. Goal is about 50,000, so I could retire. This is a revolution. What's um, for three pounds, three dollars a month? Yeah, not even three pounds, pounds. It's just three dollars. It's not even three pounds, it's about one pound 90. Yes. Can I yes. can I get my my in pounds and you do yours in dollars? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, actually, you can. Uh, okay. Actually, Just, some of the some of the people actually do that <laughs> clearly because so, they, so they we, end up um, giving us like three fifty or something like that. So <laughs> we interact with the people mm-hmm. and we post information, sourced information, as well as draft videos and information on players and answer questions and we do all that for three and be nice people mm-hmm. and we do all that for three dollars a month plus we give away things every single month and sometimes we give away things that are worth oh about three or four years worth of membership wow okay Th- i gave uh provide- we're talking about uh if we just go back to november we gave away an autograph dan marino sport magazine from 1985 Imagine the amounts of shirts that you two could buy from Ross for Less for all this three pounds and three dollars a month. Yeah, that is that is a lot of shirts. So we had we had a member pay us three dollars a month and he walked away with a magazine autograph framed that's worth an excess of two hundred dollars. Where where do we sign up for this, Alf? On Patreon, of course. Only oh. fins. So Patreon. Surely it would wouldn't it not make sense to have a pinned tweet at our three yards per carry account? That at also makes sense, yards. and that's why it's currently pinned. At wow. the three yards per carry Twitter account. So it's easy to find and it's cheap. Yes. Wow. I'm going to have to investigate this. <laughs> All right. Wrapping up here. It's By the way, I, I would think it costs a lot more than $3 a month to make us be nice to people. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, that's obvious. <laughs> okay. It seems like, and I guess we'll wrap up right here. It seems like. Brian Dayball is the favorite, and I'm not making him the favorite just because I have any inside information or anything. But uh, certain radio hosts, uh, certain members of the Wiseman, and we know who the Wiseman are, keep talking about Brian Dayball has made a good impression. And Las Vegas has followed in tune as every single house on the strip now has Brian Dayball as the favorite to be the next Miami Dolphins head coach. I guess I'll go around the horn here. I have no idea, so I won't have an opinion. Any idea on what he would bring in as a staff, Simon? Any people that he would bring with him to form out a staff? If, if in fact, this bears fruit, that this is actually true, that he is the favorite, and that's who they want. Who's the defensive coordinator? Does he retain anybody? What does he do as, as far as a staff, Simon? Um, for me, I don't know what you guys think, but I would be very inclined to see the lay of the land with the current um, with the current staff. I mean, the system works so well with the with the, you know this is a championship caliber defense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like why would you just change the scheme? Why would you why would you um, just mix things up to the point where you're kind of taking away from what this this team does best? Um, it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. So. You know, Josh Boyer, Gerald Alexander, people like that are still um, are still under contract for another year. I would significantly look at whether or not that was. I don't know if Josh Boyer and and, and Brian Day will have worked here. I'm literally just googling it, but I am. Um, I mean, I'd be part of that. You know, I would want that same system that has been generally so successful, with a few tweaks because obviously Dave knows knows how to beat it. But there, you know. 
that would be to me that would just make a significant amount of sense. I, I think it, you know, especially for a defense that seemed quite pissed that that Flores had got the sack. I think keeping around the same sort of guys, having that continuity, because you're only really then teaching one half of the ball how to how to to change during the off season instead of having to teach two completely different sides of the coin. You're bringing in a whole new coaching staff, whole new set of trust, whole new set of everything. To me, it just makes an awful lot of sense that, you know, you just let Boyer run the defence, keep them ticking over as they have done, keep developing those players like Phillips and Sealer and Wilkins and and Baker and and Holland and whatever, and and then just really focus on what you can do on the offence and bring in a bring in a staff to to help make Tour as, as good as he possibly can be. I just don't see the point in turning over every single member of staff because I, I just don't know what it gains when you've got a defence that's playing as well as Miami's is. Uh, Chris, same question, and I think we wrap up right there. Well, I, you know, there's there's a ton that makes sense about Brian Dable, but I, I guess um, you know, you know, Simon um, Simon illustrated a lot of it, uh, and you know, I would add that he's had so much experience working for the Patriots, both in the early 2000s as well as the 2000 early 2010s. Um, you know, including overlap with guys like Josh Boyer. Um, that that yeah, there, there's there's just a ton that makes sense. You can make the case that hey, you're still I will, they seem to like that they're they're getting um, a New England flair in this uh, team with under uh, Brian Flores, but clearly what they didn't like is that he seemed to pick a fight with everybody. Um, and so, you know, the idea being that, yes, we, we're still going to keep that influence, but we just want a guy in charge who's not going to pick fights with everybody. Um, and so I think that um, – you could, it would make a lot of sense that way, but I, I guess on a counterpoint with the defense uh, and and keeping around guys and kind of keeping things um, the same is, you know, just how much did that defense, there was clearly a turning point in the defense uh, partially through the year. Um, mm-hmm. And, and there was a, there was a point in, in the beginning of the year where the defense was just really one of the worst in the league. Um, and it was a fairly long stretch. It was not just a couple of games. Um and that turning point, I would, you know, I would be interested in knowing how we would characterize that, like um, whether it is as simple as, you know, Brian Flores just started basically taking over and stepping on Josh Boyer's toes. Um, I don't know. I don't know that to be true. I don't, I don't know that to be false. Um, we worked together for certain... five seasons just working it out. So, you know, they yeah. clearly did really well. So, um, but did, did Brian Flores essentially, I mean, Brian, when Brian Flores takes over on the defense, what he tends, what he tends to do is just get way more aggressive. And that was the change that we saw in the defense from, uh, the first part of the season where they're awful to the second part of the season where they turned it up and really, uh, did well is the aggressiveness just went, you know, back through the roof. Xavier Howard was talking about, oh, we got back to the play calls that we used to, that we, that made us so good last year and, and things like that. And that started right away with the, with the second Bills game. Um, so I think that uh, you got to know what happened there because if, if this was a matter of Brian Dable stepping on Josh Boyer's toes, then, then who exactly are you keeping as your defensive coordinator? Are you keeping the guy who, um, who was, you know, helping you have established an excellent defense in the second part of the year? Or are you keeping the guy who, uh, when he had his druthers, was calling games uh, and calling a terrible defense? Um, so you got to know, you got to get to the bottom of that. 
Um, and that's, that's the downside to being like, you know, oh yeah, you keep, you get Dable on, he's just going to keep on the defensive staff and, and everything like that. It, it all start the conversation all starts to remind me so much of 2007 when we had Dom capers on defense and it was you know, the idea was, well, all we got to do is really hire an offensive guy. Cause you know, the defense is locked down. We just keep all the same people. And, and, you know, that's, that, that's cool. We're, we're good there. We're good there. We're just going to get an offensive guy. Um, and the result was disastrous because we selected for all the wrong things. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Brian Dable would be selected for all the wrong things or a, a, as terrible a coach as Cam Cameron, obviously, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the danger of, uh, of, of not getting the right guy, um, instead of, you know, getting the guy that seems to fit with, again, it goes back to the continuity thing. Like, you know, what's, what's happened here, you know, we're keeping continuity sounds good until you, until you step back and realize that, you know, well, what's been happening here has been kind of embarrassing for 20 years. Um, not kind of, uh, so what are we keeping continuity with? Um, you know, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I, although I would caution, those are three really, really good coaches. Josh Boyer, Austin Clark, and Gerald Alexander have great reputations. I don't understand why you would come in here and say, ah, oh, you know what? These three coaches that anybody else would want, I'm just going to shit can them because they were here with the previous guy. Like, I would, I would give them a wide berth if I were Brian Dable. But, yeah, it, it, you make a great point. Something happened on this defense, and we will never know. We will never know what exactly happened because we I don't know how you, go, how you go from bottom three in the NFL mm -hmm. to what turned out the last 10 games, okay? They played 17, all right? The last 10 games, they were top three in almost every single category and top five in the rest. And number one in all the pressure categories, all of them, including quarterback hits and pressures, okay? And sacks. So you're talking about a team that completely turned around like they could have had a historical defense, a historically good defense if they played that way for 17, but they only played that way for 10. I would like to get to the bottom of that. And whoever was responsible for that, unfortunately, uh, hopefully it wasn't Brian Flores. Whoever was responsible for that. Yeah. I want that guy around, you know, but we shall see in case they do hire a coach, we will break in. You know, uh, I'm not saying that we'll break in within the second, but possibly that day with an emergency podcast. I doubt they will. Maybe around, you know, senior bowl a day or two before that could you know be. They're going to hire Vance Joseph anyway, so I don't know why we're even bothering. <laughs> I just got this. He's, he's I had no idea that he was as unpopular with the Dolphins fan base as he is, but um, <laughs> yes, but he's yeah. very, very unpopular. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I should have, I should have known this, but I, I did not. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I, I said something on Twitter and like, you know, just, just immediately got hundreds of replies like, Oh yeah. I, I freaking hate that guy. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like, wow. wow. Okay. Fair warning okay, guys. Fair warning, dear listener. Uh, Steven Ross was smitten with him once before. Hopefully he feels spurned that, you know, he left them right for Denver. So, you know, we shall see. If not, we will talk to you again next, next Wednesday. But that's it. There is no more. See you then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. 
You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.